What is going on, everyone? Ruckman here with an episode of Crew 3 Podcast, sponsored by our wonderful supporters at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Give us a buck to get your name on all of our streams and videos. Put in $5 to get your piece of exclusive monthly content, or 15 or 20 international gets you the monthly swag bag, which should be in the mail, and hopefully, uh, you know, holiday mail time rolling uh, will be out and get to you before December. <laughs> yeah, we'll see I... how hol- holiday mail impacts that. It's supposed to be uh, the end of this month. I got them out as of recording, though basically the day that we're recording this. So you guys are going to hear this three or four days later, and you should get it by either the 30th or the 1st, longer for our uh, international uh, patrons. So, yeah. Sweet. Yes. Uh, Ricky, of course, will be out of town next month, so I'll be picking up instead. And then Ricky will be doing January, so look forward to that. That's Ricky's birthday month. In the meantime, though, Yeah. It's also mine, too, so hey. Hey, that's right. Uh, so anyway, those voices uh, with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hello, I guess, again. Again, hey. Hey, how's it going? All right, gentlemen. We had a actually pretty slow Pioneer week, but I think pretty interesting kind of for for Magic overall. Uh, what you guys got to before we head into the metagame breakdown? Uh, Friday was our historic community night, right? Uh, yes. Man, I would love to see more people in those. We had so much fun. Um, I played Phoenix Hollow One, and I thought I was going to lose every match, and I scooped every match, but I scooped with a winning board position um, every time so that everybody could have fun and play against each other. And I don't think my deck was super great. Everybody else was playing fun decks, so it's not like the deck was amazing or anything like that. But it had much more of a game than I thought it did. You definitely have those chances because you see so many cards are just going explosive and... I think against Ruckman, I had double Phoenix, double Hollow One, or triple Hollow One turn three was what I got. Yep. Yeah, again, a lot of luck involved, but you can really sculpt your hands and know what you got to get in. It was a lot of fun. You definitely, like, once you get big boards, there's not a lot of rats in the format, so you definitely can fight through and uh, do your thing. So that was a lot of fun. I remade the old standard team energy list. Yeah. Um, I was playing Uro and Growth Spirals mm-hmm. with the collecting companies just because I didn't have Bristling Hydra wild cards. Right. Um, or else I think Coco should just be Bristling Hydra. But mm-hmm. that deck still surprisingly pretty good. I wouldn't take it like probably into the ladder with like Muxus and things like that running around. Yeah. But overall, Uro and Growth Spiral are very good cards and help that and definitely help that deck out. And right. it was it was pretty easy to get pretty high energy levels for the the world of virtuosos. Sure. Yeah, I think it seemed fun. And I think energy's got some play as like a friendly thing where like, hey, look, you can take this block and, and make it a deck because the cards are so powerful, you know? And they're oh. just throwing an and Grow Spiral. I wasn't yep. thinking about it before when you were showing me the deck, mm-hmm. but I think Collector Company is the way and we needed to add Pommeler. Uh, I don't know about that. We could we'd have hit to... Pommeler off of company. Sure, but then we don't have like all the pump spells or anything like that, which I think makes Pommeler worse. Do you need that though when he's like always swinging for like threatening like uh eight to 16 damage yeah probably still if you just want to get in there with it i think pummeler like especially like off of a coco end of turn it's just like what like end of turn pummeler pummeler which one are you gonna block yeah mm-hmm. i don't know maybe that's but interesting I, I don't i don't like it it's a fair enough thought. One, one thing I think was interesting was that, like, we had uh, some long talks in the Discord this past weekend about is it charm? And I think there's a lot of decks where it isn't good. There were some points brought up by uh, particularly like Servo Token, who saw some other um, theory on it. But um, I think if there was a deck you wanted, is it charm for sure? It's going to be the Hollow One Phoenix deck. <laughs> that deck wants all of those modes, given how often you pretty much do nothing except for cast removal spell or so. 
before turn uh, three. You really don't want yeah. to cast your spells hey, before that. So. Since we're since we're talking about arena, I do kind of want to point out that uh, as the the content creator community at large, I think finally comes around on expressing what we, I believe, have been saying for a while, which is that the arena economy system sucks. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the big thing that holds it back. Um, you know, as we hype up and roll into 2021 and start looking forward towards Pioneer Masters, hopefully in the near future on the horizon, I'm hoping yeah. sometime between Caldheim and Strixhaven, if we're lucky, right? Um, I do think that if you're going to get into Pioneer on Arena... Don't wait. Start now. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to hit a roadblock and just be locked out of the format that you really want to play and enjoy. Um, and I think because of that, next week's episode, maybe we'll take a look at the sort of the top Pioneer decks. Because surprisingly, a lot of the cards right now are still standard legal. Mm-hmm. And then our thanks to especially Calus Remastered coming out, Fatal Push, like the lands and Amonkhet putting thoughts like that. Um Outside of the master sets, the the standard legal sets will come up in draft rotation mm-hmm. still, and so that's a really great way to try and get some of those cards. I just think that if you're interested in playing Pioneer and don't have at least a fledgling arena collection right now, you got to start sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I think that's sad to say. We have several people in our community who have kind of sworn off arena, which it makes sense. Like, but you know, it does look good. It does play well, as far as I'm concerned. The friend system is now better than it you know non-existently was. So. I think it's got a lot of upsides to it, and I definitely think you're right. I think you really want to be in a perfect world getting in on Kaladesh Remastered, given how many playable cards there are in there, and at least start building up some wild cards, because with unfortunately how bad the program is, as far as the economy of it, you you do need to start early and get, be getting in some drafts, probably putting a little bit of money towards some drafts. If you really want to play Pioneer we're, on Arena. We're not saying don't go crazy and put in $1,700 like Saffron Olive has. No, no. Um, but, you know, every when every set comes out, drop your 50 bucks for the big pack bundle or mm-hmm. the draft token bundle or whatever. Uh, you can go a long way in Arena on a budget, but you have to be really critical with how you're spending your wild cards, you know, uh, strategically drafting and things like that. So... Definitely, if you're if you're looking out and waiting for Pioneer before you jump into Arena, just don't. Get in it now. Yeah, log in and hit your quests is, is another thing I would recommend, just like an old Hearthstone. Like, definitely one of those things where just hitting those quests, it is reasonable gold. And, you know, I've seen people build up some very, very insane amounts of gold and then either just do some drafts off of them and get, uh, get more collection that way or set them up and buy packs when Pioneer Masters comes out, whatever you want to do. But now I definitely recommend being the time getting in. Mm-hmm. Anything else before we uh, jump into the metagame update? I don't know. I mean, I I, I know how, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that, like, I grind a bit harder than others, like, just putting time into games whenever I get into a game. Right. But, like, I spent probably 250 on Arena this year. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand how... I don't understand how you get to, like, 1,700. Well, when oh. you're trying to unlock every card, I guess. Yeah, I, I think... I, I think you like are not putting your crew three head on right now. I think you've got your doormaster doormaster head on right now because like if you were really like when when Pioneer hits and we're gonna be sitting here like hey look we're gonna be arena streamers now right or we're gonna make right. more content on arena with that like and we're like oh let's make this fun deck oh wait a minute how many of these cards are rares right like 
it's not going to be the mythic rare part of it. It's going to be the freaking rares for completing that's, the lands. That's exactly why Saffron Oliver said, yeah. don't buy all the jank decks that you want to play on Arena. Yeah, I, I think it's just the, like, in this case, like, particularly from a content creator perspective, I think from a player perspective, you're absolutely right. Um, to be honest with you, like, as far as like, you know, you don't need to spend that much. Like, you can definitely do it on a, on a somewhat reasonable budget, but you're not going to be able to build every deck or the decks mm-hmm. you want most with a reasonable budget, you know? I think that's I think that's a thought. It's like if you're somebody who's like, oh, I want to be able to have access to like the top several decks and on MTGO, I can do that with the rental service. You know, mm-hmm. you can't do that in an in arena. Yeah, I guess my main thought is like, I guess everything comes down to like, like Jumpstart, Amonkhet and Kaladesh, right? Those mm-hmm. are the big ones. And Jumpstart being an historic makes it so hard to like try to build a collect. Jumpstart was such a, a harsh thing to put on arena. Mm-hmm. Like... Jumpstart, I feel like, is where we get, like, into trouble, because, like, I think that cards that are in Jumpstart are the cards that I'm just like, uh, do I really need those cards? Because, like, you can only get them with wild cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I feel like, I definitely feel like if you're trying to, like, meet deadlines to get decks out, like, I guess, like, Saffron Olive is, that makes mm-hmm. more sense, that you just have to just, like, guess I'm spending $500 to just crack Jumpstart packs. Mm-hmm. Like I think he said, the math on getting everything in Kaladesh was four hundred dollars. Yeah, oh, I mean, because you it just comes down to like how many rares you have to open. Yep. Yeah. Um. Does that but make I don't, sense? I don't but you have to worry about like. But I'm just saying, like you know, you're when you're getting in, you want to make sure you like really you want to have the wild cards for all the lands. And right mm-hmm. now, Kaladesh has all the fast lands in it. So mm-hmm. if you get plenty of times I've been drafting, I've just been like. I'll I'll lose a pick here just to take a fast land. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. So you know, I think you start doing something like that. Like definitely, if you're getting a pioneer while Kalish remastered is being draftable, this is a perfect opportunity. For sure. And I, and I think Arena is going to be the place you're going to see pioneer right now. Right? Who knows? This could sound really stupid in, in some number of months when they just cancel Pioneer on Arena. Like who, who knows what's going to happen? But oh, don't put that don't put that out there. I'm just saying. Like I don't want to sound super stupid with that, but it does look like hopefully Pioneer is coming to Arena and I do think that Arena is going to be the format you're going to see most people playing Arena. Sorry, most people playing uh, Pioneer on. So mm-hmm. that being said, if you want to get in on that fun it's probably a good idea. At least it's free to start an account. You know, if you don't want to spend yeah. 20, 30 bucks, then at least just do the weekly um, quests and whatnot. But I, and I think what Ricky's saying, I think now I understand your point better. Which say that if you're just a player, you don't need to spend $1,700. I spent $30 on the Kaladesh thing and I am well set up. I've been heavily saving wild cards and rares and mythics. And so, you know, I, I feel good about having solid deck choices come pioneer master or pioneer, yeah, yeah pioneer. i feel like i feel like i'm somewhere in between chris and ricky in the amount that i play in my collection size and things like that i feel like where i'm at right now is i can i'm kind of in like striking distance of whatever i want to play but it's just like ah oh, just five more rare wild cards mm-hmm. like for like every deck i want to play sure sure fair so. enough fair enough all right so, but what's go- that's Pioneer in the future but where's pioneer now good time question. for that weekly pioneer metagame update Okie doke, starting in, of course, this is our 14-day based on meta percentage played, not uh, based on results. Of course, we will get into the weekly challenge results after this. Uh, but of course, so let's start out with number 12 is Mono Black Aggro, 
falling from eighth last week, making up 2.4% of the meta. We have Lotus Combo at 3% of the meta, dropping down from number nine. In 10th place, you have Esper Yorian moving up two slots from number 12 last week with 3% of the meta. In ninth place, you have Mono Black Vampires dropping two slots and taking up 3.2% of the meta. In 8th place, we have 4-Color Omnath at 3.8% of the meta, up two spots from number 10 last week. In number 7, we have Oops All Spells making its way back onto the chart. I think they're in 13th or 14th last week, taking up 4.1% of the meta. In that number 6, staying flat from last week, is Jeskai Luka with 7.1% of the meta. In at number five, down from number four last week, is Orzov Auras at 8% of the meta. Then we have at number four, down from number three, Monogreen Planeswalkers at 8% of the meta. In at number three, moving up from number five last week, is Niv to Light at 8.6% of the meta. And our second place, being dethroned from, I think, what, two, three weeks running now, is Luris Burn at 12.4% of the meta, which means in at number one, up from second place last week, is Wilderness Reclamation, which occasionally has some soul ties, some four colors, and with 12.7% of the meta. So as we're seeing, we're seeing uh, Burns starting to, to lose favor. At least it lost the crown this week. We're seeing an uptick in a lot of, I think, the the mid-range decks that I think are better poised to play against it with your Niv to Lights and your Wilderness Wrecks and things like that. We're seeing the combo get pushed back at down as well. Uh, what, what do you guys think? Where, where do you think the format's at? What do you, what are you thinking right now? Just so far on that, that metagame percentage. Uh, quick thought on, I want to shout out to like last week or, or two weeks ago, whenever it was that I was like, Hey, these Yorian decks don't seem very good against burn. <laughs> uh, I was yeah. right. There are no Yorian decks, uh, to be found in the Esper up- Yorian in 10th place. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, not not nowhere near as much like at the top as we were seeing before that we're just getting sure. destroyed by burn. Like you're yeah. seeing a lot more shifts to non-Yorian. It's still there, right? Because it still beats mm-hmm. up on the decks that beat up on burn, but it's not as good against burn as the Sultite Reclamation decks. Um, so yeah, and then we've got some really interesting innovations I guess we'll talk about once we're done with these challenges that I kind of found coming up soon here. There was a real big article written, I think either this last week or the week before, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember if it was PVDR or somebody else. It was a big pro wrote it. I sort of like skimmed it, um, but it was essentially saying that it, you, the gateway to Pioneer is Sultai Reclamation. Sure. And they they stated that like they believed that Sultai Reclamation was the jund of the format, and that it was the most uh, effective deck at dealing with a majority of the other decks never having really bad matchups. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that article, as well as the results that uh, promoted that article, is definitely showing up um, here with the Wilderness Reclamation, the Soul Tie version of Reclamation uh, being huge right now. They're definitely right. Yep. Um, that person also, I, man, I'm really upset that I forgot who wrote this article because it was a good article. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they also called that Burn and Orzov Auras are the two aggressive options, and that like Niv Tlite and Omnath are the control options, and Demir Control was the other control option. Mm-hmm. And that like Wilderness Reclamation, they thought had a good matchup against all five of those archetypes. Yeah. Or not good, but at least neutral. I mean, Wilderness Rec lets you play all the interaction you need while allowing you to Uro on your turn, so. Yep. 
that's like the huge part of it. Lots of gets you also gets you massive uh, shark typhoons just to end games pretty quickly. You know, it's like, hey, what's what's your burn opponent going to do? Like it's like a 10-10, right? Like you survived. Now you need to kill him quick. Well, here's my 10-10 shark to do to do to do. And you're dead, you know? Yep. And of course, everyone who's watching the stream knows that I've been really enjoying just Teamer Wreck lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the Teamer version. It definitely seems like Sultai is going to be the better version, but I'm with Oh, no, no doubt Sultai is the better yeah. version. But I like, I'm with you. I uh, like the, the, te- the Teamer is fun. Yeah, the Teamer is fun. Expansion Explosion is a fun card. That it is, that it is. Uh, can I All really right. quickly talk about like what I'm looking at here with the most played cards? Sure, go for game? it. Uh, guess what number one and number two are? Uh, Uro and... Mm-hmm. Teferi? Nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it. And uh, yeah, I just like, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Decks are going to have like Brainstorm's number one in, in Legacy all the time. Nobody nobody really complains too much, but there is mm-hmm. talk sometimes about whether or not, you know, Brainstorm uh, needs to go given how prevalent that it is. And yeah. in this case, I think really like as much as I, I don't like Teferi because I don't like it, think it's a good card, but it's being mm-hmm. heavily played and I'm, I'm not hating on it necessarily because I think it's too powerful. I just think that it's not a good design. Like I don't. It sets like up. A, it sets up a bad gameplay loop. It does. It does. Uro, however, is just in. This says thirty five percent of decks are playing Uro. Mm-hmm. A third of the metagame. So basically, it's like pick your Uro or you're playing some burn or whatnot. So like that's yeah. one thing I don't think is healthy. And the problem with that is then you know what number three is. What color are those top two cards? Uh, Blue. Yeah, mystical disputes number three, and that's one thing that I don't like when I see. A format is when mystical disputes also one of the top played cards in my opinion it's not a good thing i mean hey i just want to remind everyone remember we had that survey and we were talking about cards that we would ban in pioneer and uh we got really bad things said about us when i said we're gonna ban teferi and provisionally look at uro to ban in the future mm-hmm. yeah hey yeah, look yeah. we are in the format now yeah for sure for sure and again it's surprise pikachu face it's not that it's insane i, I think uro is like definitely the the number one problem I mean, I, it's not just us, right? Like, I think every pro is in on their Twitter has been like, Uro should be banned in every format. Right, yeah. And I, I, to be fair, there were a, set, a lot of pros who were with us on that. And I don't think that people really were familiar with that talk when we were yeah. saying it uh, so long ago. And I don't think this is necessarily proof that, that we're right on that. But it's certainly looking like that's the case, you know? Yeah, to, like to, the Teferi argument, I just think it's unfun. And that's definitely right. more of a... Uh, me thing of like, oh, we're going to ban it, right? Yeah. Uh, because well, I we, think you can still combat Teferi. It's yeah. just a little annoying. Uro is just such a house to try and overcome. Yeah. But what we did call, every single one of us, Ricky, Ruckman, me included, what we did call was, wow, when these things get banned, Teferi and Uro are going to be everywhere, right? 100% we said that. You can check the Reddit post. It is in writing, you know? It's like, this is what's going to be the case, and particularly you. And I was like, well, I don't know, because like maybe the and you were 100% right. Like, I think this is going to be everywhere. And that is, there is no denying we were right about that. Teferi and Uro are everywhere. Hey, I th- you know, I don't I, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I think I do a uh, pretty good job here of having a, fi- a finger on the pulse of the format. So, uh, hey, anyone looking for writers out there, hire me. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough. Just something I wanted to point out because the amount of Uro, we were talking about like brew potential and... It does feel like it's a little bit harder to brew in Pioneer. Chris, I am I am trying my darndest to get you a Rhino deck. But every time <laughs> I, I play it, like, the thing with Uro, right, know. is just the raw card advantage that Uro offers. You just can't beat it. So I think I think if I'm going to build you a Rhino deck, it's going to have Uro and Grow Spiral in it as well. We're exactly just going to splash right. either white or black for, yeah. it's for gotta Rhino. Be, it's got to be a, a five-color 
Uro Omnath Rhino deck is what it has to be. You're definitely yeah, we're just right. gonna play. We're gonna play Fires. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Yep, you're right. All right, let's look at these challenges. I guess. All right, on eleven twenty one, in at eighth place by Random Drooler, we have Monogreen Planeswalkers. Seventh place by Al Milan nineteen Tiber Wreck. Sixth place Esper Control by Dreams of Ashiok. Hold on, do they have Ashiok this time? Nope. St- oh, well, there's one in the sideboard. Okay. okay All right. Ooh, go. Nightmare Weaver. Interesting. Okay. But, you mm-hmm. know, hey. Um, X-File with Jeskai Luke in fifth place. Andrew1232 with Soul Tyrek in fourth place. Again, Andrew1232 is our player we spoke to. Uh, I got the scoop on Oops All Spells from. So they just need to switch over to Soul Tyrek. And there's be another big name if you look down at the 24th place that has switched over to Soul Tyrek. But in second place, we have Helvidi. With Lotus Combo and Hamuda in at first place, taking it down with Mono Green Planeswalkers. Of course, that deck list I was talking about was Jabberwocky. Logan Nettles is switching from Teamer or from Sultai Delirium and going over to Sultai Rex. So clearly, if the deck's good enough to get uh, Jabberwocky to convert, what more is there to say about it? Yep, yep. Um, this first place list, you definitely feel like Mono Green Walkers is just that deck where it's like, hey, I'm getting the turn four Karn. Sorry, by turn four Karn, I mean like turn three, turn three two Karn. Karn. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, all the time. You, it's really hard to turn two Karn. You could easily turn three it, though. Yeah, that's fair. I guess turn, uh, turn two. Well, no, we we could turn. Well, hold on. Let me do the math here. Um, if we go uh, Forest Elf, Burning Tree, Burning Tree, Nykthos, Activate, Karn, we could turn to it, but it's going to require multiple Burning Tree Emissaries. Yeah, I was going to say, like, to get the activation mana would definitely be uh, yeah, definitely be tough. But I guess we've got the three exacties, maybe? I don't even know that we could do it. Anyway, point is, turn three card, right? If we're, mm-hmm. we're turn three carding all the time, um, it is hard to beat the deck, given that they have such a very, very solid toolbox, right? You're going to be Uroing, hey, we've got a cage. You're going to be doing some nonsense, we've got a Sky, Sco- Sky Sovereign console flagship. Uh, we just want to kill you down. Hey, we got a virtuous gear hulk. Here's an eight eight trampler for you. We we tutor up that god pharaoh statue. Good luck control opponent. Yep, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So there's and we can cast it real quick due to fast mana. So hold on, hold on. Yep, we're playing orbs of warding in the sideboard. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. Woo! Goodbye, burn. Bye, burn. Yep. yep. So we've got the toolbox deck that can play our toolbox toolbox thing on turn three and cast a spell we need on easily on turn four, or turn five. If you run hot, you run hot. That's all there is to that. Mm-hmm, Karn mm-hmm. makes your entire sideboard your companion. Right. Right, yeah. And then Vivian finds our Ulamog. Yeah. And or Meteor Golem. Yeah, or uh, Verter's Gear Hulk. Yeah. Or Stonecoil Serpent. Yeah. But I think there's a lot to be said when we see the Oops All Spells player, who did really well, and the traditional Sultai Delirium player, both switching over to the Sultai Wreck. You know, yep. Reclamation is such a powerful card. I was I was gonna play Wreck and Historic this weekend, then I realized that I remembered. Oh wait, one thing Historic got right is they banned Teferi and Wilderness Reclamation. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Didn't Gladiator ban Nissa also recently? They did. Yep. Nissa and Teferi, I think. Yes, and there's one other card that Nexus. was Nexus. Yep. Wow, even yep. Gladiator's catching on. <laughs> they still haven't. Hey, I still got to play that one time. They haven't been Veil of Summer yet, so we can still be degenerates. Hey, real quick, 14th place, played by uh, Coley 2. 
is uh, a Rakdos Pyromancer list. Pyromancer, that's the deck you love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got uh, three Croxes. The big deal here is we've got two Rixmati Reveler. Reveler, uh, yeah. Which is a popular card. Um, but other than that, it's pretty standard Tetris Supplier, Arcanist, Pyromancer, and then all the spells you pretty much have in Historic. Uh, uh, we'll can I point out... One Colonel's oh, Command. Yep. Can I point out 26th place, False Muffin, with Lutri Grixis? Look at this! What? <laughs> Whoa! I'm not going to go through all these cards, but uh, go look up the 1121 Pioneer Challenge. 26th place, False Muffin, with Lutri the Spell Chaser Grixis. It wow. is a You cannot riot. convince me that Set Adrift is a magic card that people wanted to play. It's got what's the, text, what's the flavor text in Set Adrift, Ricky? The envoy spoke and Sadisi replied. Now, could you have known that without looking at the card? Possibly, actually. <laughs> okay. Possibly, actually. Uh, if you want to hear Ricky see how good he is at flavor text, be sure to check out the exclusive piece of uh, Patreon content that went up this week. Uh, no spoilers, Ricky. Ruckman, I would like to say... Uh, Followed the rules that I set for him <laughs> in the most mischievous way possible. Yeah. And then the monkey's paw closed its finger. I am just saying that there will be a rematch with better stated rules onto what is designated as Pioneer Playable. <laughs> you said Pioneer Legal. You said, I did say Pioneer Legal. I will not, I will not say that you cheated. I will not say that you are a dirty scoundrel. Uh, but I but will I, say... But I did hire Hugo Chavez, so that's I on me. I did say Pioneer Legal Cards, and you presented me with a bunch of Pioneer Legal Cards. Next time I would like Pioneer Playable Cards, <laughs> defined by having put up results in a deck that is not this deck. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to the next challenge. On the 22nd, we have in 8th place Marco Balaka 95 with Burn. We have Curvy Ganghai. I well, I hope that's not a bad thing. Uh playing four color Omnath in number 7. Number 6 we have Zerk playing Niv to Light. In at number 5 we have Bolfo 0 playing Mono Black Aggro. Uh, in at number four, we have P Tarts to win or PT Arts to win playing Burn. Third place, Oops All Spells played by Max Magister. In number two, we have 4C Reclamation played by Trucknashi. Truckinshi. And then at number one, Oops All, Splay, Oops All Spells played by Medvedev. Yeah, Medvedev been uh, top eating quite a few things, actually. Mm hmm. And I'm trying to see, let's see if they're all in all Upsil spells. They are not. Okay. Kind of all, all over the place? Yep. They played uh, Blue-White Control previously, and then they did play Upsil spells in the beginning of October, or early October, I should say. So they've been playing different stuff and messing around. They're really big on Is It Delver in Legacy, so. Kindred Soul and you apparently. Yeah. yeah. I would like to point out. Mm-hmm. Yes. That in both of these uh, events... We have a uh, a definite uh, fan of Ruckman in uh, Poker's Wizard, uh, who has been playing Orzhov Vampires and Top 16-ing both of these events. <laughs> and the only white card they play is a two copy of Blood Baron Viscopa and a two of Rest in Peace in the board. Well, that's not the Orzhov Vampires I was talking about, but... 
So, that's I mean, a, I'm just that's saying. A good one. You said that we could be a family again when Orzhov Vampires was a, a deck. Okay. Is this Pioneer Legal versus Pioneer Playable? I'm just saying that a playset <laughs> of Champion of Dusk costs $4.20, and that probably means something. So this is one of, I feel like, our first big results for Uro, for, for not Uro, Uro's obviously been racking them up, for, for Omnath in a while. We got two decks in the top four here. You know, as much as Uro does work against Burn, Omnath is also a pretty big house. While, while Burn's staying on top and pushing all the combo decks out, do you think now's the time to bring back Omnath? Yeah, in the event we were looking at today, which is what I was hinting at earlier, um, we saw an event that had a bunch of uh, Omnath in the top eight. Mm -hmm. And that was a key killer for burn. There was no burn to be seen anywhere around. And it's like we were talking about weeks ago. Hey, we're in this kind of format where you're always going to see Uro, right? It ain't ain't no going away of that, unfortunately. But the ebb and flow of Omnath, I think, comes into play with how good burn is because the extra effects on that aren't as good. You don't have fetch lands to go crazy with it uh, as much. And there's not as much extra land playable cards. We've got our gross spirals. Mm-hmm. That's what we got. Um, so, but now you're seeing a ton of Omnath because Burn was number one a week or two ago. And that gets you the extra life gain you need to push you over the edge as an extra tool. Once you need to go bigger, I think you're going to start seeing Omnath go back away and over the top cards coming back. But for now, it is a good week to play, or it was a good week, I should say, to play Omnath. Mm-hmm. I think put probably put away your burn and go back to combo for a week. The hottest uh, piece of tech in the new four color reclamation decks is radiant Radiant flames. Flames. Mm Oh, I've played a lot of team wreck. And let me tell you, it's so hard to either be splashing the deafening clarion or be needing double red for anger on turn three. Mm -hmm. It's just hard to do. Right. But like with radiant flames, we can just wipe for two if we have one red on turn three or wipe for three. Um, we don't really need to worry that much about the yard because uh, everything that happens in the yard, it goes directly from the deck to the yard. So we can't really anger it anyways. Yeah. A- anger doesn't really help you against a row, right? So it's like, meh. and it doesn't help against uh, oops, all spells. Right. So like, we're only missing think... out against a mono black and we get the tempo here. Right. I think Radiant Flames is going to be, like, way huge uh, seeing this card back. Um, nothing makes it cost more, so we can't do anything cheeky and, like, uh, get it for four. Right. But, like, I've been wondering why we've been seeing all these, like, big, like, three-color, four-color decks, and we haven't been seeing Radiant Flames or Painful Truth. Uh, so. Real quick, Radiant Flames, in case the, the people don't know, because it's a, you know, a Zendikar card uh, from the previous one. It's a... Uh, Two colorless and a red, and it's got Converge. It deals X damage to each creature, where X is the number of colors of mana spent to cast Radiant Flames. And that's all I have to say about that. I mean, Ooh. it is from Battle for Bulk Rares, so yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, easy to overlook, but the card is pretty good. Yeah, it sure okay. is. Anything else in these challenges before we move on to the, the main portion this week? Um, no, I'm good. Sounds good. So this week, uh, we're going to take, we'll, we'll cover what's going to happen. Does it slap here after we get out of this? But, you know, we've been, we got a little bit of a kind of a glutton does it slap, but they're by a lot of the same people. So we don't usually want to double up weekly on does it slap submissions, but we had enough here that we thought, hey, it's good time. It's good and ready time 
to let's just have a big deck doctor episode instead of just one we're going to do three does it slaps this week and we each went through and picked out a deck uh, and then we're going to go ahead and do sort of how we do the normal does it slap maybe get a little more in depth on how we would change and up, upgrade and adapt the deck more so than just uh, we, I feel like we do a does slap. Does slap, I feel like, you know, sometimes we do big overhauls, but more often than not, we just kind of make some tweaks here and there and and send it on its way. Um, but, so I don't know about you, but I did a pretty big overhaul in the deck I picked out. Um, so who would like to go first? And I want to clarify, not all of these were submitted as a slap. It's just like replacing that kind of segment for this week. We're like, it's definitely more of a deck doctor because some of these were decks that got talked about, not in does it slap, just decks that we've seen that we were like oh that's a cool user submitted deck right in some way the user submitted this to us and we were going to take a look at them so yep perfect all right who wants to go first um i can if you guys want i mean i can go first all right go first all right i will go first my pick was submitted by one second by a little lilo tray Little tray. Anyway, um, this is they asked the question of, you know, they loved uh, approach second sun control back at standard and wonder if it could be good in pioneer. And they submitted a deck list of four Narset part of veils, three Teferi hero of dominaria, four Teferi time raveler, four sensor, four dig through time, four neutralize, two settle the wreckage, three approach the second sun, two deck in stone, two supreme verdict, three cast out. One Blast Zone, one Castle Ardenvale, one Castle Vantress, four Fabled Passage, one Fabled Ruin, uh, one Field of Ruin, four Hollowed Fountain, two Ipnu Rivulet, four Irrigated Farmland, three plane, three Islands, four Plains, and then uh, a bit of a sideboard with one Commit to Memory, two Dampening Sphere, two Gate in the Trials, two Mystic Dispute, two Pitting Needle, two Render Silent, two Supreme Verdict, and two Tor Mod Script. So I went through, and my first pick's thoughts were... Um, first of all, I think this might have been a, a re sort of a submitted decklist from when, um, inverter was a big thing because we're definitely not playing Dippin' Rivulet anymore. <laughs> That's a card we definitely don't need. Uh, but so as much as I love Approach the Second Sun, and I definitely tried to play Approach the Second Sun when Pioneer first really stuck out, because this, this is the deck I started with the Pioneer, it's Blue Light Control. I don't really play it right. a lot. Uh, I don't think I have, after after a couple semesters of grad school, I don't think I have the mental capacity to play full-on control anymore, but I do like to keep up with the deck, because uh, it is a deck I did enjoy a lot, sort of in this time in standard as well, um, but I think, you know, approach just going to be too slow. It's, what, six mana? Yeah, gain seven life is big, but we're going to have to tap out for it, um, and we have much better ways to a- end the game now. So, I first, so, uh, I'm just going to sort of go through my changes. Sure. So, firstly... We're a little too heavy on the Planeswalkers. Um, I cut down to three Narset. I kept us... I I dropped us down to three Teferi Time Raveler and put us down to two Teferi Hero Dharma. I just cut the Planeswalker count down a little bit so you have a little more interaction and just a little more card draw so that we're not just tapping out a lot on our opponent's turn or on our turn just to play these spells. Uh, then I added us a little more... Uh, a little interaction and just card dig in our deck. So I added four copies of Opt and four Zorius Shard to also interact with our opponent a little bit. Uh, we, you know, Cedric Phillips and a lot of the Burn players like to joke about Azorius Shard in the format, but it's just like one of the best cantrips we have and, you know, can also set back a more mid-range creature, right? Sure. Um, also, you know, Neutralize is great with being able to cycle it away, 
But we're at burn meta right now, so we're definitely going to replace those with four absorb. Uh, then I went ahead and I'm not a big fan of Zelda Records right now in Pioneer. I think it can be good, but our opponents really aren't swarming the board. So it's not great against a lot of just times when opponent just, okay, we'll attack with this big, stupid mid-range creature, leave the other ones back, right? Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and I just put us up to four Supreme Verdict. Um, this seems like an older deck list, so... I got rid of cast out. Yeah, we can cycle it, and that seems great to help field dig. It's just not the best, especially when we have this nifty card called Shark Typhoon available to us. Sure. So I went ahead and I replaced the three cast out with three Shark Typhoon. What's nice is we can cycle them early to get some blocking sharks, and then late game we can just play one out, and hey, look, that's going to end the game on its own. We Like I said, we... We don't need Approach the Second Sun to win. And actually, there have been some blue-white control decks popping back up. They um, were actually in a 13th on the meta, so we didn't really get into the meta breakdown. But they are sharing same numbers with Mono Black Aggro at the moment. So these there are decks that are doing pretty well. Um, I also went ahead and I don't like Sensor a whole lot. You can occasionally catch something off guard, but I went ahead and I swapped out Sensor for two Dovin's Veto and two Thassa's Intervention. Dovin's Veto is going to be very important, especially, again, as a lot more mid-range decks are coming back around. You're seeing, like, Monogreen Planeswalkers, which don't care about Sensor. You're seeing Niv to Light decks, and so we're just going to we're just gonna counter their non-creature spell and be on our way. Don't give them a chance to interact. Thassa's Intervention, uh, it's going to be a big syncopate, right? Or we do get to essentially have another dig through time with it Four dig through time to me feels like a lot. I think you can get away with playing three, but I put the deck at two, at two dig through times. Um, and the last card I sort of added here was one copy of Elspeth conquers death. It's just a big catch all threat. And I think it's a card that we can just easily afford to play as like a quick fun of. So, but that could be switched out as you like. Uh, for Lance, I think their mana base was pretty spot on. Um, instead of Irrigated Farbland, though, I switched those over to Glacial Fortress, and I dropped the Ippian Rivulets for two Irrigated Farmlands. Uh, farmland being able to cycle is nice, but we're gonna be, it's pretty easy to have our Glacial Fortress enter untapped. So I'd rather have us have the chance to have an untapped land over always having the enters tapped Irrigated Farmland. Sure. Makes sense. Uh, then for the sideboard, I went ahead, I cut the commit to memory, I cut Pithy Needle, Pithy Needle, however you want to call it, just because it's it's okay against the Monogreen Planeswalkers decks, but a lot of the Planeswalkers you're going to want to need, we're playing as well anyway. So, you know, mileage may vary. I'm not a big fan of it, but if you want to play it, I think the sideboards are always going to come down to personal preference anyway. Uh, my sideboard was two dampening sphere. I kept them the two getting the trials. I put three mystical disputes, three aether gusts, two seal away, two tormods, crypts, one Dovin's veto. And that is the deck list. So the final deck list would be three Narsets, three Teferi time raveler, two Teferi hero of Dominaria, four opt, four Azorius charm, two Dovin's veto, two Thassa's intervention, four absorb, four Supreme verdict, two dig through time, one Elspeth conquers death, one shark typhoon, one blast zone, one castle Ardenvale, one castle Vantress, three fable passage, one field of ruin. Uh, I also threw in a spicy one of Gaia reach sanitarium so we can get them with Narset partner veils. Nice. Uh, and then we're playing four glacial fortress, four hollowed fountain, two irrigated farmlands, five islands, three plains. So that's my little update. Uh, anything you guys wanted to comment on uh, any questions on card picks that I made with the deck list? No. 
Not Absorb all. seems correct right now because of the meta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I know like there's a lot more flashy counter spells right now at three mana, but I think that like uh, it's worth the three life to just buckle down and spend the white. For sure. And I think especially in like if you are able to play like with friends or locally or anything like that right now uh, where you're at, then uh, aggro is definitely more common than the, you know, these Sultai late game mid range decks with a thousand dollars worth of arrows and omnaths and lands and stuff like that. So for sure, for sure. Um, I will go second because my uh, deck is a lot more freeform. Um, I didn't necessarily even write a final list because. Um, my deck list was submitted by Discord user Lemon Lyman, and they submitted a, a Teamer Emerge deck, but their take on Teamer Emerge was a Flash take. So they've got Bone Crusher Giants, Brazen Borrowers, Elder Deep Fiends, Flame Wake Phoenix, and Night Pack Ambusher all at four ofs, and then two Serac Dragon Claw. Uh, that Ooh, is we gotta from... punch some bears. What's that? We gotta punch some bears. We gotta punch some bears, yeah. Uh, Serac is two and teamer for a 6-6 flash. It can't be countered. Creature spells you control can't be countered. And other creatures you control have trample. So um, I think that deck, or that card is actually really solid in a world where we're playing a lot of mystical disputes. There's not a ton of counter magic out there, but there's a lot of cheeky looking sensors and whatnot out there that I think that card is totally fine against. And I don't have a big improvement on the flash aspect. One card that I think for sure... Um, I think we would like to squeeze in this kind of a deck if we can is Stormwing Entity because it gets that cost reduction. It's very, very hard to push. And one thing you probably should be playing in your red decks, at least a couple of, is Spike Field Hazard. Um, it kills a lot of mana dorks and stuff like that we need to, but it's also just a fine replacement uh, as a red source. And it just does a lot right now. It also exiles, so it's really good at sniping Uros, which can be a problem for people, right? Uh, ping it with the Sacrifice Trigger on the stack. And you use that a lot. So I think as far as the flashback, flash aspect of this deck, there's not a whole lot I could do. However, uh, Elder Deep Fiend, which is the, I think most people would agree, marquee card of this deck, has a type line of Eldrazi Octopus. Yeah, Eldrazi is a pretty common creature type. I think Eldrazi, it's pretty is a pretty, Eldrazi is a pretty common, uh, common creature type, but uh, a less common one is Octopus. And a card that I played with way more than I should because it was just so good at being blue removal when I was playing a ton of blue decks and even mono blue for a while was an old card called Whelming Wave. Oof, I know Whelming Wave. You know Whelming Wave. Whelming Wave is two colorless and two blue, and it bounces all non-Krakens, Leviathans, Octopuses, and Serpents. So it got me thinking, well, what are some powerful cards that are in those creature types? Because... It would be uh, pretty nifty, you know, to do something with that, right? That'd be a fun way to take this team or emerge deck. And it turns out, one, my favorite uh, ninja slash octopus, Sea Dasher Octopus, happens to be a uh, octopus, obviously. Uh, Yorian is uh, a sorry, serpent. Chris. I want to let you know that Ninja the Deep Hours isn't Pioneer legal. Oh, sorry. Uh, it basically is though, because Sea Dasher Octopus is, mm-hmm. and as we all know, it's the same card. Uh, so Yorian is a serpent. Um, if we want to, I'm not hundred percent certain it's good given that, you know, we're, I'm not sure how many spells we're going to be playing, but thing in the ice is also good. And then Stormwing entity is just a good value card, uh, because we're going to swap out these, is it charms for ops and whatnot. So hopefully we'll still be able to get that in and then we'll be able to emerge our elder deep fiends. Um, traverse the Ufenwald is a sick one mana spell to activate our Stormwing entity. Obviously so is opt. 
And then we've also got the classic enchantment options to help both feed our Yorian blinking and our potential um, outside outs at Traverse the Ulvenwald actually uh, tutoring us a creature. Um, another big one that I thought would be really nice in our ridiculous Yorian uh, version of this list would be Solemn Simulacrum, right? Like we want to be emerging it uh, and it's, you know, when it comes and it's got us good comes in a playability, so it's worth blinking. So uh, there's a lot of ways you could take this because these are just suggestions. The Flashway is one way of doing it. I don't have a lot of improvements based on on that version of the list, but um, I do think Rekindling Phoenix has a place in these lists that aren't focused on Flash, or at least very well could. So you've kind of got your choice here if anybody wants to take this deck and run with it. I think um, the Yorian build is something. I think you could also just play a Stormwing Entity um, plus a Solemn Simulacrum or Rekindling Phoenix style build just because Stormwing Entity is great to sack. Solemn Simulacrum is great to sack in case you don't want to go the Stormwing Entity route. But I think there's some really good enablers for Elder Deep Fiend. And Elder Deep Fiend does seem pretty insane in this format right now. Um, what was that card? Mistbind Click was always insane. And, you know, it's going to do things like that, either keep you from getting attacked or tap your mid-range opponent out with how cheap it's going to be. So those were my suggestions for the uh, Team or Emerge deck. That sounds dope. So you're not playing, like, uh, Coslux Return? Um, in this list, you are. So I'm not change, suggesting spell changes other than get rid of, uh, getting rid of Izzet Charm. And here we have Gross Spirals, Izzet Charms, Kozilek's Returns, Lightning Axes, and Stubborn Denials. And I definitely think you want to keep the Stubs, the Gross Spirals, the Lightning Axes... And they're playing four, but I think you could probably go down on that in the original list. Um, and then I would probably cut Is It Charm in the style of list. Stubs. I know, right? Stubs is a card that probably should be played more uh, in this environment, but it's hard to get four fours except in green. But for a while, though, there was those blue-green decks running around that were just splashing blue. I saw that a lot at the beginning of the format, which was, hey, you know, we're all smashing each other with the green decks because the turn two five fives were so powerful. I'm going to innovate. I'm going to splash blue uh, in my mono green deck for stub and for some protection spells. So, hey, and Scissors was also playing Stubborn Denial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scissors moved a lot to, I think, um, the blue counter spell that improvises Metallic Rebuke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I like stub just in case you didn't have, like, you know, typically your Scissors creature got, got killed so quickly that it wasn't the most reliable. But yeah, you definitely saw stubs and then Metallic Rebuke. So. Ricky, right, what you, what got, you got for us? All right. So I picked a deck that was sort of interesting to me. Okay. Uh, it was not found where the dozen slaps are. I found it, uh, you know, somewhere looking for help. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, Smarmy Marmy posting a Umori Artifacts deck. All right. Their list runs... 25 lands, mostly colorless, uh, but land war wastes and to, to cast our Umori. And we have to play only artifacts because that's Umori's rule. We have to pick one card type. Uh, so they're playing three Forsaken Monument, two Mirage Mirror, uh, three Mystic Forge, um, four Prophetic Prism, one Immortal Sun, three Treasure Map, four Foundry Inspector, four Hangerback Walker, four Hedron Crawler, three Joyrus Familiar, and four Metalwork Colossus. Um, and this deck, as is, is not a combo deck. It does not have a combo built in yet. Um, yeah, he says. TM. It, has, it has a lot of good synergies, and we can do a lot of cool things and make a lot of cool 10-10s uh, in play that are hard to deal with. But we don't win on the spot. 
And I've been playing a decent amount of Metalwork Colossus right now in Historic. However, I think the combo in Historic is much harder in Pioneer if we are sticking to only artifacts. And I really wanted to focus in on the fact that Umori is a cost reduction ability that we always have. Mm -hmm. So I was drawn to a classic card from Fate Reforged, Ancestral Statue. Okay. Uh, for those who don't know, it's a 4-mana four 4-5 four, artifact that says when it comes to play, uh, you have to return another permanent to your hand. Um, so if we can get this card to cost zero, we can pick it back up and infinitely cast it. So are we going to turn this into a Cloudstone Curio? Uh, we are going to... Uh, so we have Forsaken Monument, uh, and that card's really cool and nifty with mana ramp and our colorless creatures getting plus two, plus two, but we're not going to be... We're not going to be attacking. We do have Mirage Mirror, which is a good card. I like Mirage Mirror. Uh, so we're keeping that uh, three-mana artifact for two mana. It can become a copy of any artifact, creature, or enchantment until end of turn or land. Uh, so that card's good. Um, so all in all, what I, essentially let's just go with what I have here. I did keep some cards, and I removed some cards. Um, I do think there is a way to build it with Metalwork Colossus as the combo, uh, for those who don't know. With Paradox Engine, Metalwork Colossus, and a Witch's Oven, you can infinitely loop your Metalwork Colossus pretty easily. And that's sure. a lot of fun. Uh, what our combo here is, is if we can get four cost reduction effects into play, um, we can infinitely loop our Ancestral Statue. Uh, we can win with our Altar of the Brood. We're playing two Altar of the Brood, which is a one-minute artifact that says, whenever a permanent enters the battlefield under our control, uh, target player mills a card. Okay. Um, of course, four Ancestral Statue. Um, our cost reduction abilities, we have four Foundry Inspector, which is a three-mana artifact that says artifacts cost one less to cast. Right. And uh, four Joyra's Familiar, which is a four-mana artifact that says historic spells cost one less for us to cast. Artifacts are all historic. Um, so we have eight of those plus our Umori, and then we can play two Mirage Mirror, which we can use to double up on one. So currently uh, we're at 10 cost reduction abilities with one that we will always have being Umori. And they all make each other cost less as well. Um, so we've got four Prophetic Prism is a good way to fix our colors uh, when we need them, as well as draw us a card mm -hmm. and build to our board. Um, and it can cost less. We've got four Hedron Crawler. It's a two mana, zero, one that taps for colorless mana. It's an artifact. So that is our best rock it is susceptible to removal um for maze mind tome i think still one of the best cards out of m21 two mana artifact that we can tap to scry or tap to draw cards and when we use it up four times we gain four life off of it definitely going to keep us alive um we're playing two glass casket which is an artifact for two mana uh it does require white but uh with both spire of industry Plus our Prophetic Prisms, we should have no problem getting our Colors of Mana. Right. Um, it's some early game removal. We need it to interact with our opponent while we try to get to our late game combo. Um, we are playing one Immortal Sun. Uh, one, and I'm very sorry, one Wish Claw Talisman. Yes! Uh, we are playing uh, two um, copies of Treasure Map, which is a good two-drop. Let's scry a bunch. And then accelerates our mana or lets us draw cards. And then finally, our last two cards in here 
we are playing two copies of Codex Shredder, which is a mill effect, just like Alter the Brood is. However, it does let us buy cards back out of our graveyard, which is important to us. Okay. Uh, so our early mills with Alter, we can just mill ourselves as well as with our Codex Shredders to just essentially build a secondary hand until we need our combo pieces. Plus, uh, we're going to get uh, Thought Seized. We're going to get removed uh, by different cards. So Codex Shredder is a good way to rebuild us back into a game. And then the big thing is like in the lands, uh, we do get to play two Inventors Fair, which is not only going to keep our life up a little bit, uh, but also going to be able to let us tutor for our last combo piece when we need to. Um, I'm not saying this deck is going to be top tier. I'm definitely saying that you might be able to win a couple trophies with it, maybe. Okay. Uh, and do very well at your local FNM. Uh, it's a focused deck, and it attacks at a weird angle. And for that, I like it. And we really got to like utilize Umari. Yeah, I think I think given the amount of ways you have and amount of draw spells you have to get to the artifact reduction thing, like you've got some interesting aspects here, right? Especially given that the first one you get is going to make the other ones cheaper. Right. You know, so it's like you've got a lot of those. And then I think you could even reasonably throw in like if you wanted to, I don't know, like some some big ridiculous artifact. Um, you did say you're going to keep playing the Immortal Sun on one of. Yeah, as, as a one of I mean, there's we don't get punished by it. No, for sure. I think I think it makes a lot of sense to me, maybe even one more, just because, again, I think you're going to start seeing like, wait a minute, like between my mana and my cost reducers, all of a sudden these things are costing, you know, three, four mana. And a right. lot of those big artifacts are a lot more accessible. So, I've played Mystic Forge mm-hmm. um, before in other decks. I have a mono blue artifact combo deck for Pioneer, uh, like with Emery's and stuff like that, that I enjoy quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, but it plays a Mystic Forge, and every time I get it, I'm never happy with it. Like I'm always like, oh, this is going to be so sweet. I, you know, right. I'm only playing artifacts. I'll be able to cast them all off the top of my deck. Mm-hmm. And then it just sort of doesn't it just feels like a bad frenzied yeah sure and so it's just like so uh they were also playing uh three mystic forge i did cut those away i think that like cards like uh wish claw talisman are just going to be a little bit better for us in this deck and we just need one more piece to go off yeah i'm imagining wish claw talisman often is going to just find us altar of the brood um or our ancestral statue once we have all of our pieces stacked up one, one thing I don't think I see enough of, and obviously this is me saying this, so like disregard the cynic statement, but I don't see enough Wishclaw Talisman being abused with like the Karn that shuts off artifacts or like ways to uh, stop your opponent from getting it. Like it just doesn't seem that hard. And I've been like thinking a lot about like there's like a random card that lets you and your opponent for like one black tutor cards and put them on the top of your deck. Right. It's like, what if I just... And I'm playing a mill deck, and I'm just like blue black mill, and I tutor that and mill my opponent. Where, where's that card? Where's or, our? Where's I mean, our, like, Ashiok. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Right, Ashiok's another one that I was thinking of too. Is like, hey, I'm gonna you know exile or mill somebody and then do something else. Well, but I mean, I, like, I think I think one interesting thing is just like your library. Yeah, exactly right. Like it's so hard. I think we would see more of these cards, but it's so hard to beat the value. Like tutoring from your deck is just still hard to beat an Uro. Like, it's just so much card advantage. Drawing cards and getting six sixes and gaining life and ramping. Like, through the amount of tutors that we have in this format that I think could be really interesting, pretty hard to uh, go through an arrow. But for your local metagame, 
there's some interesting tutors out there. And I definitely think Wishclaw Talisman, as much as I memed on it before, is abusable. Same thing with that card that uh, tutors. Well, Chris, we, we do have actually, I don't know if you've uh, spoken or heard from them in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have a mutual friend that you and me used to know growing up. Okay. Who's obsessed with Mill. Okay. Uh, who, when that card came out, so it's called, uh, I think it's called Sinister Symmetry. Okay. Um, they began laughing and uh, telling me all about how uh, ridiculous it is that they can play that on turn one in their blue-black mill deck and turn on Archive Trap. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, uh, not to not to drag that out too long, but uh, uh, definitely I, anybody... Uh, anybody who ever wants to know opinions on mill cards, I have the source, so I can give you inf- information on the best mill cards in modern. Who is this person that we know? Uh, Alex. Uh, no, no names on. I mean, you can censor that. I want to know who it was. I mean, Alex is. In... I, I know who you're talking about Alex G. Yeah. Alex G. Right? No. 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 It's okay. Which Alex? Message me which Alex. I will. Anyways, that's my deck. Anybody else? Uh... Anybody else got anything else? Um, yeah. Hey, leave this in the in the, in your backpack if anyone at the, the LGS is playing Mono Green Planeswalkers. Um. So uh, <laughs> once again, what's what's deck... our what's our sideboard plan for for Mono Green Planeswalkers? Oh no, we lose scoop. Okay. Like, but I have to play Umori because that's the challenge of the the person who posted. No, they sure, play sure, 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 yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I agree. Like, Karn makes this deck better too. Also, can I go on a quick rant? Okay. Sure. Yeah, we got time. I'm really tired, uh, not of like overpowered cards, you know, like everybody can uh, I hope, I, hope you're, I wish you were just going to be like, I'm really tired. <laughs> I, I mean, I am, but uh, everybody's tired about overpowered cards. Uh-huh. I'm really sick of cards that uh, progress a strategy while shutting the same strategy down from your opponent. Um, I've been playing Karn in Arena because I want to play artifact decks. And running into people who are playing Karn in arena because they want to play artifact decks and it is literally first Karn wins. It's just mm-hmm. literally just turn two Mindstone, turn three Karn concede. And then my opponents on the play and they turn three Karn me and I have to concede. And there's no more gameplay to that. It's like Teferi is like the same way where it's like, yep. Oh, you want this in a control deck, but it's also really good against control decks. It's just going to say it's a stupid way to design cards. Like, if you want a card that is good for an artifact deck, don't make it also end all artifact decks. Like, at least just, like, make your opponent's artifacts cost more, but to just stony silence your opponent's artifacts, but it's also the best tutor for artifacts, it's the dumbest, dumbest way to design cards. Please stop. Look, War the Spark needed to buy snowboards. Oh, my God. Buy your snowboards. Like, Uro doesn't do that. You know? Look, we're we're not going to talk about how many snowboards Uro bought. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. I think I think Uro bought them like a snowboard factory. Uro, Uro bought the whole mountain. Yeah. <laughs> Uro is the ski slope. Uro bought the resort. Yeah. Oh man. Anyways, so that's my that's my quick rant about Karn and why why he makes fun decks not fun anymore. All right. Well, those some good deck doctoring. We'll definitely have to revisit this uh, in a few months. I think these are always a little fun to do. I mean, like I said, we we kind of go into when we do, do doesn't slap, but I feel like we don't really go a lot super super in depth if we want to do big overhauls to decks and things like that. This is always a fun thing to do. Now, 
for the rest of, I would say, let's say like December, because right now, so Pioneer's kind of, we know where the format's at, right? And definitely around this time into Kaldheim spoilers and the next set spoilers start, we see like a little bit of a dip in Desert Slap submissions, which not a bad thing. I just think that people really get through all their ideas and stuff like that. So I think for the next month or so here until we start getting Kaldheim spoilers, Desert Slap is going to turn into a bit of a deck bounty, sort of how we had Scourge the Skyclaves or Ricky's Nathroy. So for the next few weeks here, uh, each Desert Slap is uh, one of us will issue a bounty or a deck challenge. Um, and I think also this will be a fun way to use up some of our MTGA codes that I am always so bad at uh, forgetting to give away. So I think this will be a good way to the winners go the spoils. Uh, so we'll throw them a few of our MTGA codes. Uh, so to start this off, this week's challenge, I'm going to say, give me a Gitrog monster deck. I want to see some Git Good Boy. Mm, okay. Gitrog monster, very good in Commander. Very good in Commander. Let's see how he is in Pioneer. Again, you know, we're not looking for the deck that's going to take down the next GP or things like that. But I want to see... You know, like, think about how with the Nathroy deck, uh, what was the Happily Ever After deck really embodied that for Ricky? Um, I'd like to say that you'll be judged on creativity, mm -hmm. um, focus of the deck, and plating. Yes. <laughs> but the flavor is going to be more important than presentation. And remember, uh, Simon Majumbar uh, doesn't know what, what sabotages you endured. And nor does he want to know, so please don't tell him. That's right. But, you know, in in uh, true Paul Hollywood style, I will reach through your headphones and offer you a handshake. Oh, excellent. Oh. That sounds like a deal for me. The Ruckman shake, huh? Yeah. Wow. Very coveted, the Ruckman shake is. All right. So, uh, again, we'll be switching over to Challenge for the first few weeks, probably until, like, Kaldheim spoilers start again. So, you know, keep keep having your ideas for Does It Slap. Um, and things like that. But the next few weeks or so, we're going to do this little challenge. I think this will be a little fun. We'll shake things up a bit. And of course, you know, hey, shout out to everyone who we did talk about today. I'll go ahead and send you all a couple of our arena codes as well for being good sports and things like that. Uh, so shout outs to, of course, we didn't give them all ratings, but those decks slapped. Yeah, for sure. I don't think, it, like like we said, it was more of a deck doctor than it doesn't slap. But if you were uh, hankering for it doesn't slap rating, uh, you got some slaps. Okay, doke. All right. Any uh, anything else before we uh, before we sign off here, guys? Um, at this point, I guess once this comes once this comes out, Thanksgiving will be over. So hopefully, everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope you're uh, staying uh, safe. Stayed, yeah, staying safe through all that, and can't wait to you know inch closer and closer to Pioneer Masters once this holiday season's over. So. Oh, of course, of course, next Saturday the 5th will be our next webcam event. Of course, that won't be streamed. Um, I definitely would be interested in trying to look into streaming them again in the future, but this next one will not be streamed. Uh, so we'll sort of keep an eye on if we want to stream them again. I definitely, uh, Arena being on, on, or Pioneer being on Arena is going to definitely get a lot of Pioneer community streams out of us. But until then, I don't know, streaming the the, the webcams can be fun, but it's a, it's a lot of work. Sure. All right. Well, I really again, liked streaming it. It was fun. It was a lot of fun, but it was a lot of hoops to jump through. <laughs> uh, anyway, though, 
Uh, I hope you all, like Chris said, had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Stay safe. We will talk to you all next week, again, with a little bit of a breakdown on what to really buy into on Arena as we set forth and count down the hopeful days until Pioneer Masters on Arena. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.